we suffer the same we prioritize our lives we go all in for the sport and why should we get less paid this is cranked at dawn inspired by the oslo dawn patrol cycling community in norway i'm your host hans flinsted jensen Thanks for coming back, and here we are at uh, yet another episode. And today I have with me two of uh, the currently best cyclists uh, in Norway, uh, Emilia Moberg and uh, Line Marie Gulliksen. Uh, so thanks to both of you for taking the time. You're both uh, professional cyclists, and right now uh, one of the few of us who is actually uh, traveling the world, uh, or actually at least. Uh, Uh, having a great time outside of uh, our home country. So, um, Lina, uh, am I right if you're in Spain right now? Yes, that's correct. Could you tell us just uh, briefly uh, about uh, who you are and your introduction to, to cycling and what you're doing at the moment? Sure. So, you already said my name. I'm Lina. Uh, and I... Um, who am I? Um, right now, I'm a cyclist. And I also work for a... A cycling apparel company called Velocio, uh, and in the Norwegian insurance company Jensidia, uh, apart from cycling. Uh, and I'm educated uh, uh, in, in industrial engineering, um, so that's my background. Um, and my introduction to cycling was uh, I only started cycling uh, at the age of 23 um, after being challenged to participate in the Norwegian race Dilkepröven from uh, Lillehammer to Oslo. Um, and uh, since I'm a competitive person, I, um, of course, accepted that. And uh, I uh, sort of liked it. Uh, it was sunny and we had tailwinds all way. So uh, it was a nice experience. And I just kept riding. And uh, after that, the challenges kept coming uh, and I guess I just I'm that time, type of person so I just wanted to like try everything that was new and then after a while I find I found my uh, my place in cycling um, found a lot of nice girls to hang out with and uh, yeah here I am there you are and now you are at the anti uh, team in uh, Luxembourg is that right Yeah, the team is called Andish Lex Cycles in Molosh. And uh, Emilia, you are—you uh, just told me before we went uh, online that you are in a team house in Belgium, uh, and uh, you've also been racing uh, starting the season uh, out this year as well. But uh, could you, uh, as uh, as uh, Lina, just give us a brief intro to to who you are and your uh, your cycling background? Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm in Belgium now, and uh, yeah, I'm in a team house in Eklusbergen, uh, and it's a bit weird times because today the E3, the Harlebeck is just passing our house outside, but yeah, we are still <laughs> inside the house. But yeah, um, my name Emilia Moberg, and uh, I've been riding my bike since I was 12, I think. Now I'm turning 30 this year, so yeah. 18 years of cycling and uh, yeah I started uh, as a kid who liked the mountain biking and yeah <laughs> and then my dad bought me a road bike and yeah we went to a race I did not know what it was but yeah I, I tried and uh, yeah 
I figured out I had a talent for it and I, I like the sport. So yeah, from that on, I just been really into the cycling world, uh, being in the junior national team. And then at the age of 19, I was, uh, in high tech, started there first year elite. That was 2010. <laughs> now it's 2021 and I'm in a British team. Uh, drops uh, Le Col supported by Lettenbud. <laughs> Long name. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's been a lot of years in the, in the, the pro cycling and on UCI teams. Uh, national teams. Yeah. National team, I would say, not teams. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, that's me yeah and i tried to do some studies as well uh i'm not finished with a master degree in clinical nutrition but uh i'm taking steps and uh, i think my master degree will be next year <laughs> so you're moving in uh, in that direction at least yeah yeah it takes step by step and i was really lucky to have it on uh, part-time studies so it's been nice to have something else than just a cycling Thanks both of you. So, so the reason that uh, that I kind of invited you uh, on this podcast now is that just uh, uh, a week or two ago, I saw in uh, there was an article in uh, in what we could call mainstream Norwegian media about um, uh, you say different treatment of men and women in cycling uh, in terms of races and, and the organization and so on, where the two of you. Uh, went out and criticized both the Norwegian Cycling Federation and uh, some of the uh, race organizers as well. Uh, and Emilia, I think you are, is, am I right if you are the representative of the national team riders as well? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I'm the representative for the, yeah, the national team on the road uh, for uh, elite and juniors. And yeah, we had a meeting last year because there was some Issues at the Norwegian Cups uh, that we, it's not the first time and it's just been a couple of yeah situations where we're not so happy. So we tried to be proactive and, and wanted to talk to the Federation. And uh, yeah, it, it, Lina was also in that meeting. Uh, and I think we went out of that meeting thinking, yeah, it's going to be a change now. Yeah, positive, positive vibes, but then we see this uh, announcement of Tour de Fjells, the Norwegian Cup, and uh, it was the opposite of what we uh, suggested. So yeah, so so let's take that uh, that race uh, Tour de Fjells, which is a uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, on the Norwegian Cup, uh, Norway's Cup, and uh, and what came out is that the women's uh, uh, what's it called? A, vim, a women's elite. Uh, group is going to ride together with the junior rider male junior uh, if i'm if i'm right and that is exactly against what you uh, what you talked about last year in that meeting that you referred to there uh, is is that just a one incident or uh, do you see a kind of a pattern in all the races that you're participating if we take norway first we can take uh, internationally afterwards but if you look to norway uh Lina, is 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 that a pattern that you see? It it should be mentioned that it it happened a lot, and that's also the reason why we're reacting together with this being uh, our first response from after we had the meeting this fall. 
Um, I do want to mention, though, we had a meeting with uh, the National Federation yesterday, um, and we got to speak with uh, all of the involved, also with a lot of the uh, representatives from the uh, clubs, the, the largest clubs for uh, the women's team. Um, and we did sort out a lot of the the background for this reaction and this problem just regarding this race uh, to its um with a lot of it having to do with bad communication basically between the federation and the riders um, and they are taking the uh, the meeting that we had this fall uh, and the letter that we wrote to them from the the riders is being taken seriously and they are considering our um, our wishes basically for changes. Um, so I think that's important to mention. And this race was sort of in addition to a lot of other things that we reacted to through many years. Uh, and I think that's also why it uh, grew so big because we feel that we've tried to to speak earlier, we tried to reach out and we've tried to suggest changes but still we feel like we have a long way to go there so what exactly uh, you say that uh, it's a long way to go and now we're talking about this incident it's about you know the the the, the, the women and the junior riders are riding together and so on Personally, I think that we, it's, it, you know, it's part of, it's, it's in our, uh, at the core of, of who we, uh, of what cycling is and probably society in general, unfortunately, that you ha- make this distinction all, I mean, you talk about pro cyclists and you talk about, uh, pro women cyclists, uh, you talk about pro races, you talk about pro, uh, women's races. So you always have that distinction that when you talk pro, it's just by definition, we're talking about men. Uh, when we talk elite, we talk about men unless we say elite women. So there's this kind of, you know, it's it's just uh, at the bone of of who we are. Uh, is that the kind of the 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 culture that you wanna try to to address as well, Lee, uh, Emilia? What what do you say? Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, it's because cycling is a very old sport. Uh, it has the the traditional you know the the patterns and the man who is working with it uh is just um grown what what what's the word for it but it's like yeah the history of the sport is still in in today's sport and uh it's not that many years ago since we did our first ronde van de flanderen for example so in 10 years now it's happened so much and yeah it's like you you already said that um the society as well it's it's a, it's a process and it takes time but i think that's why cycling is not the same as for example tennis or golf because it has such a long history of being just men's racing. So what do you think, um, 
what what uh, what are you hoping for? And let if we take uh, some of the Norwegian races here this season that we're coming to, what is it that you uh, you hope to achieve with this? I think we already achieved more than we thought because, like Lena said, we had a meeting yesterday and it was a really good meeting. Uh, they informed us about changes they will do in other Norwegian Cup, not just Tour de Fjells. So it's really nice to to know that they actually they listen to us and they want to to make it better and to make it better for everyone who is doing bike races in Norway. So I think already this year we will see changes. Do you agree, Lina? Yeah, uh, I agree on uh, what Emilia says. That I think we're moving forward. Um, I do think that 2021 is uh, we're at like the latest it should have happened years ago uh but it doesn't really matter uh, as long as something is happening now uh, and i think the important thing is that we are being listened to um and finally we're like we're telling them uh what our wishes are we're uh explaining how it feels always being like second choice for everything Uh, and I think it's for a lot of the people in the sport, both nationally and internationally, it's almost a surprise uh, to hear that uh, women has a voice also in the sport, uh, no matter how far like the different countries are uh, in equality otherwhere than or otherwise in sports. Um And yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I, usually I think you could say that Norway is on one of the most equal societies in the world, uh, at least uh, uh, on the top of some of the lists that we see. But still, we we see these these things coming up. And and Lina, I, I think in in uh, in one of the interviews that I read, you said this. One of the reasons that this, you know, distinction that you, the women has to be right with the male juniors uh, is because of safety. Uh, and I, I agree what you say that safety is important and so on. But uh, I think Lini, you said this. Why do the men have to ride so long races uh, and just take up all the time? And why do we have to ride early in the morning and they in the afternoon and so on? Uh, do you think that if you're really, really honest, is it about safety or is that just an excuse? I think it's been used as an excuse uh, a lot of times. Uh, but like if we're going back to this exact race, uh, the national federation now did a change in their safety protocol. So they basically changed the whole system of how how they're securing races going forward, and it's starting from as far as I could understand. You can correct me, Amelia, if if, if I'm telling wrong. But uh, as far as I could understand, this is like a total new solution from 2021 season. Uh, and they made this like framework on how the safety is going to look like, and they're not going to change that for what it's worth. Uh, and I think, um, especially regarding to this race, they sort of um, pushed the wrong buttons by... Uh, choosing this race as the race where they placed us together with the the junior men. Uh, it was never like a 
we would never have chosen that in any race, but in a race like Tours de Fields where the climbs are really long and there's a lot of height meters, uh, that would be like the worst situation no matter what uh, to do this because we wouldn't have any, there wouldn't be a purpose for that at all. Uh, and I think it would be, I, I know that they use safety from their protocol, but it's more regards to like closing roads uh, from traffic and following up the, the race situation. But looking at the security from a rider's perspective, I don't think that um, women elite and uh, men junior is a safe mix of a peloton. I agree. I agree. Um, actually, when I was <laughs> when I was a junior myself, um, that's many years ago. Uh, I remember that we often were in the same peloton as the as the elite uh, f- uh, women's riders as well. And there's something about. I mean, you are in a group with uh, 15, 16, 17 year old boys, eighteen maybe on a good day, uh, and then you have the women. Uh, and these boys, and including myself, uh, the, the tone that we had, just the tone, was not acceptable. And just you know, in between us, we we never said anything to to the to the female riders. But we we you know just uh, uh, at the back uh, afterwards and before and so on. There was this that if you get dropped before one of the female riders, that's the worst that could happen. And you know, just that mentality, I guess. Is is just not good for anyone. It's not good for for female cycling. It's not good for for junior for male junior uh, de- de- you know development and so on. It's just a, it's just a wrong way to to approach it. And I personally think that everything is a choice when you talk about safety. It is a choice from the federation and at the race organizers how they want to do it uh, at the end of the day. So uh, Emilia. Uh, how is this uh, in uh, abroad? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of recently a lot of discussions about price money, equal price money, and we saw a huge fundraiser campaign for uh, for uh, Strade Bianca recently uh, to get equal price pay there and so on. Do you, when you do races uh, around Europe, sense the same uh, as we're discussing here? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, as I said, the last 10 years, or maybe just the last five years, it happens a lot. Like, yeah, for example, all these uh, classic races, we now do almost uh, all the same as the men's in the classic campaign. That's really good. It's a step forward. Um, but sometimes there's still like, uh, you feel like you are the warm up. <laughs> Like this, the women women's race is just uh, the warm up. But they did some changes this year, which I think is really good. For example, in in the news plot, they um they put the men's first and then uh, the women's uh, after. And uh, also the live coverage then it's just after the men's finish, and that's really good for us because a lot of viewers would just sit then and watch the TV. And then, oh, okay, the women's doing the same. Ah, cool. And then they sit and they watch and they get the interest and the sponsors get on television. So small things like this means a lot for us. Um, so that I think is really good. And also the team coverage, coverage now compared to uh, some years ago, it's really stepping, stepping up. Which is very, very good because TV covered, it's sponsor money. And so, yeah, 
that just make the the spot bigger but yeah like you said there's still some difference uh price money is just yeah i don't really look so much into it because then you just think this is wrong because it's such a big difference still and it does not feel fair to have have one tenth or one twenty of of what the guys are doing and we do exactly the same like we suffer the same we prioritize our lives we go all in for the sport and why should we get less paid <laughs> that it yeah it's it's just uh i think it's just unfair yeah do you think it's the uh, that the real change is coming via the sponsors i mean here in norway we've just had the uh, co-op and high tech uh Uh, merging uh, under a condition of equal uh, terms for for the male and the female riders. Do you think the actual change is actually coming from the sponsors and the, the corporate, the commercial side of it? Yeah, uh, I think yeah, uh, the money, it's the money, uh, money talks. Um, so I think the most important thing is uh, live coverage. So the sponsor are willing to. Uh, support women cycling because they want something back for their money so that's why tv is the key it is it is anyway uh, i i, I want to ask you uh, both of you each of you be- be- before we uh, before we start wrapping up uh, what uh, would you if, if if some of the people listening here uh male Female. I I can see from the stats that most of my listeners are male. Uh, and what would you suggest that we do, uh, a male cyclist, whether it's a competitive at a competitive level or in a club or a recreational cyclist or whatever? What what is it that we should do to help this movement move forward? Lena, do you have uh, do you have something that you would say? Think about that. I think um first of all watch the races um the ones that are uh, live broadcasted there are really excited uh, as we also do shorter distances uh than the male races the the races are much more competitive from start um and it makes really good tv for everyone that's interested in cycling uh, so I think that's the one of the really good thing you can do to support because uh to uh to grow the viewer numbers is important for them to also show more races live um and then i think it's a little bit about being interested in um in exploring women's sports as well um like for the ones uh that's active riders i've learned that through years talking to a lot of the the boys riding at continental level at world tour level um they don't know us and they don't know what uh what we put into the sport and it seems uh that they are all surprised that we train the same amount of hours as them that we travel Uh, as much as we do, that we're not paid, uh, or not the amount that's even close to a continental team um, on the on the men's side, um, and the surprise of how how we're financially 
uh, able to do it uh, and how we keep our motivation in the game even though we don't have the support from sponsors or the outside uh, the same way that they do. Um, so I think asking the questions um, and staying interested and then spread the word. And what about you, Emilia? What would you say we should do? Yeah, I would say much the same. Uh, watch the the races or live streams that's uh, available. Like it just engage and and talk about it. Um, that I think that will just that just be interested and yeah get to know the female riders. Yeah, just. If you have more knowledge, yeah, it's getting more exciting. It's it's cool that you say that with watching the races because I've actually, <laughs> I was actually told that from uh, from a friend of mine uh, who said he said that he always preferred watching the women's races because as exactly as you say, Lene, it's much more competitive from the start, uh, and the it's the races are shorter. You don't have to sit and watch four hours of nothing before actually before the fun starts. Uh, so so that's definitely a recommendation that. Uh, that I think people should uh, should pick up on, and it's good to see that we can see more of it on on TV uh, these days. So anyway, thanks to both of you for for joining me today, and I want to wish you both best of luck with the rest of the season, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, things will normalize a little bit little bit throughout the year, so we can also actually come out and watch uh, and cheer for you as well uh, without having to keep uh, too much of a distance all the time. So, so thanks for coming, both of you. Thanks for having us.